I do have a question. Do you guys edit this at oh, all, yes. or is it just one continuous oh, take? No. Okay. Lots of editing. So if we like, say a Tons. name that we were like, oh, wait, maybe we shouldn't put that in. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. If we have a... An awful political tirade in the middle. Exactly. You can you can make me you can make me sound beautiful, Jason. That's what you're saying. Uh, probably not. But I want to I want to sound 21. Okay. Well, look at. I want you to log off, go back 25 years in time, and log <laughs> back in. I think we need a different browser for that. Welcome to Cocktails at Table 7, Inside New York's Joe Allen. In May of 1965, Joe Allen began life as a cozy neighborhood bar and restaurant in New York City's Hell's Kitchen. Located just a few blocks from Broadway, Joe's quickly developed a highly loyal clientele of young performers, writers, and creative types. The food was great, the drinks were stiff, and the fabled flop wall celebrating Broadway's most notorious bombs gave the room an added touch of insider charm. Over the decades, Joe Allen grew into a New York institution, and on this podcast, we'll celebrate Joe's history with longtime regulars who know it best. We'll hear from actors, producers, writers, musicians, neighbors, and friends who will share with us just what makes Joe Allen the place to be. So here's to old friends, new friends, and cocktails at Table 7. Hello and welcome to Cocktails at Table 7, the Joe... See, I got it wrong already, right out of the gate. You can't get the name right. It's impossible. No, it's Cocktails at Table 7 inside New York's Joe Allen. I know what it's called. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cocktails at Table 7 inside New York's Joe Allen. I'm Sean Kent. And I'm Dana Mirla. I'm Jason Woodruff. And that's all three of us. And (laughs) we're all here. We have a very, very special uh, format for the show today. You know, Sean and I and Jason have been talking about how we talk to the regulars and everyone keeps asking us, how is everybody else that we work with? How is everybody doing? And we decided that today we wanted to talk to some of our longtime coworkers, check in, see how they're doing, what life is like now. So these are familiar faces. Well, you can't see them, but they'll be familiar voices. (laughs) And today we're very excited because we have with us Tessa Zugmeyer, from Orsa Restaurant, Chris Rosiansky from Joe Allen, and Gib Clark from Bar Centrale. Welcome, Yay. guys. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having us. So happy to be here. This is awesome. We're so happy to have you. We said this to the last to the people we've been interviewing, but we are happy to see you because mm-hmm. we get to see you, and we've your sight for sore eyes. Like we haven't been able to to check in like we always did. On a daily basis. On a daily yeah, basis, right? Yeah. yeah, or just moving through the building, going from place to place. The commune. The, com- <laughs> the complex. Aren't you back at work, Rosanne? I'm back, back in action. That's right. How's it going? Uh, it's good. It's um, you know, at 25% capacity, it's it's much different, but it's such an energy in there. Everyone who walks in is just so excited to be there, and you know, they they were walking by for the last seven months and. And seeing the wood on the door and some people were afraid that we wouldn't open again but mm. luckily we were in a position to to wait until we could do a little bit of outdoor and indoor seating but yeah the energy from everybody is is awesome and i think we're actually making new regulars from people who are like oh you know we, we had come in before and now because you guys are doing it right and that's a big thing too because we we're doing it so well like last night we had a lady at table four and she was sitting next to the air purifier and she said to us, I can't believe everybody doesn't do this. Thank you so much for doing this. It, it makes me just that much more comfortable. And 
it's a great energy to be to be around and, and working again. That's awesome. I know they were really conscientious about that, and they they took a long time planning how to execute that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean and I both came in last week. I saw Chris. I saw you for in a hot passing. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It was so great just to be in the space again and see the few faces that were there, but see everybody and eat the yummy food and just be there. It was 100%. Felt like a little bit of normalcy back in this crazy life that we're exactly. attempting to live right now. <laughs> Can you believe it's almost November? It's crazy to me. I think we're going to realize crazy. it's November next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was I was going to say that the one thing that I, I noticed from going in there was that the, the the level of of attention to detail to make sure that everybody knows coming in how much has been uh, 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 so how much focus has been afforded on keeping things correct. I haven't dined I haven't dined in yet, but uh, I went the Sunday after you guys reopened uh, with Cheryl Orsini and Tracy Barker, and we got to go burgers, and uh, it was so nice to be there and actually quite emotional. I felt all sorts of feelings. And the tables outside were so beautiful, and they were full when we arrived late afternoon. Yeah. It was really nice to see. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and to-go has been a brand new thing for us, and, and you can get to-go and delivery, you know, on Chow Now. Oh, we got to put together a little um, social media walkthrough, and, and that's been getting a lot of traction from people out of town. Um, Pat Galloway came in last night. It was awesome oh, to see wow. her. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. yeah. Peter was still uh, away, but... All the way from New Orleans? And yeah, they, they made the yeah. trip. That's so wow. nice. Wow, cool. Yep. yep. So she was just, you know, not hugging people, just standing away. And you know, <laughs> oh, I want to hug you so bad, but you know, we're keeping our distance, and and it's what we got to do to take care of each other. You know. When I went in, Kevin Skinner took my temperature. Yep. I ordered my my food at the bar, and uh, just so you yeah. know, Tessa, he does that for everyone. Oh, I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. that's one of the new policies. <laughs> Some people he doesn't do the forehead, but he always takes. Oh! oh. <laughs> oh I feel oh like God. I'm at home now. You gotta leave that exactly. in. That's funny. Right? Leave yeah, that in. Keep it, keep it Chris, in. how's it going outside with it starting to get cooler? I mean, do you, do you guys have heaters out there? How's that working? We don't have heaters yet because they are apparently sold out all across the country. Whoa! But uh, yeah, people have been keeping their their jackets on. I worked last night, and it was kind of just warm enough to where people are like, no, this is great. People were sitting and hanging out, enjoying drinks. Uh, Jessica Hendy from the revival of Cats, well, actually the original Cats as well. She played a a Grisabella. She was out on 46th Street with uh, Jacob Yates on cello and and they were were performing. And last week on Wednesday, a marching band came through. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Incredible. You know what I mean? So the tables were full. I was inside making drinks and all of a sudden you hear this like, New Orleans style jazz band singing um, "Hold Me Closer, Tiny Dancer," and everybody outside is singing along with them. Oh, that's Some wonderful! People are crying. You know, it's it's awesome, and that that setup is great. We got umbrellas. I don't know if you've seen the umbrellas. Mm-hmm. No. Nice. Yes. Joe Allen Green. This may have to get edited out, but we are building a structure out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! It's coming up. There should be heat. It should be closed at least. You know, fifty wow. percent enclosed, but it's in the works because we think you know people are still a little bit hesitant to to dine inside. But it, it, it's coming, it's coming. I will say we we did sit inside and the doors were open, and I'm a little bit of a nervous Nelly. You guys know that, but mm-hmm. I definitely felt safe and okay in in the space. I didn't no, I felt like no one was near me at all, and even uh, Jeffrey was waiting on us. He stayed a nice distance, even away from the table, to to speak to us. So it was mm-hmm. 
We we felt good inside. Great. What did, what did you eat, Dana? I had the La Scala salad. Yum. Ooh. I missed I ate that. Every last bite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't eat for two days after. Um, no. We want to know, like, how are you guys doing? What have you been doing during this time? We know some people have felt super creative and some people have felt a little bit more, you know, introspective or cleaning out their closets. Like, how have you guys been been doing through all of this? Gip? Sure. I, I mean, you know, I started out being real positive. I mean, I'm still positive. I, I went through a creative phase. I went through the cleaning phase. I went through the I'm not going to gain weight phase. And then I gained weight. <laughs> and um, I went home for five weeks to help with some, I couldn't believe I went to Mississippi for five weeks, but I did. And I helped my brother paint his house. I helped my mother do, uh, landscape the yard and redid a floor. Who knew I knew how to do flooring, but I do apparently. So I've kept myself busy, played a lot of Scrabble and um, cocktails every night, of course. Does, not, does the night get earlier and earlier? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my pass out time is seven o'clock. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I'm stay positive. I mean, uh, there's no no need to to be down. Stay up and, you know, it'll, it will all get better eventually. Tessa, how about you? How did you uh, how have you been coping? What have you been doing? I mean, I feel like I'm probably more. I mean, I guess I would consider myself an introvert. I'm probably more on the introspective side than the like uber creative side. You know, I, I'm, I'm I trained as an actor, but I have not taken part in any online readings or any of that kind of stuff. And there are no auditions happening right now, of course, for theater. But um, I started a sourdough starter, like many other people in the nation. Nice. Um, I've been baking (laughs) bread, which is a totally new experience. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm teaching myself Spanish on Duolingo. I'm trying to stay productive. I've been volunteering in my neighborhood. Who are you volunteering with? Well, over the summer, my state senator, uh, Jessica Ramos, was doing a food distribution every Saturday, which was awesome. And the lines were very long. And so I was helping out on Friday, like packing things. And then on Saturday was distribution. And then now on Sundays, I've been doing, there's a, there's a food pantry in Woodside that I've been going to on Sunday mornings to help out. So that feels very, like not having a job, that feels really nice to do something give back to the community and also feel active. I think working in a restaurant, you can't help but want to help people uh, at mm-hmm. times. You know, it's just sort of yeah. baked into your bones after working in the service industry for so long that doing that sort of stuff, that sort of service mm-hmm. yeah. can really be... in community. I mean, to reach out to like-minded people and find something that you can do that's constructive and that you can actually see it happening. Well, because especially in the beginning, I'm sure you guys felt the same way. It's like we were, especially March and April, we were so locked into our homes that at some point I was like, I just feel like, and it's not like I could throw thousands of dollars to people. So it was like, well, what can I, you know, I want to do something. So I was really, I felt very grateful that there were, you know, ways to, to give back. And I feel really like... More in touch. I live in Jackson Heights in Queens, and I feel more in touch with my community here than I ever have. And that's mm-hmm. been a real, real plus from this that's time. Great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's awesome. I I started something in my building. To, there's We have a lot of older people. So we were helping people like get their groceries and collect their packages and things. And it just, it made all the difference for me to know that 
I'm healthy enough. I can go out to the store. You know, like you're healthy enough. You can go work at the food pantry. Yeah. It's yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. It, it, it made a huge difference in, in my state of mind anyway. Yeah, yeah. Likewise. And I'm sure a lot of these are things that we've all had on our lists of things you wanted to get involved mm-hmm. with, or you didn't have the time or you didn't know how to work it out logistically. And now it's, you can do it. At, and out, we're out in Jersey and, you know, it's not quite – I'm not surrounded by a crush of people, but because I have young kids in school, we're checking in a lot more with parents, with parents of our, my kids' friends and our neighbors. And we're all sort of – I mean, it feels more close-knit. Mm-hmm. Totally. And Chris? Um, so listening to Tessa and, and Gibbs' stories, I, I've learned that, that we all experience this very similar thing. You know what I mean? A lot of us had big plans and, and they – either got done or didn't get done or whatever but it it is cool to know that like all of us were experiencing the same type of thing even though we were all alone so i spent most of my time actively being alone i saw the delivery driver (gasps) very often uh (laughs) chipotle was delivering for free for a while that was cool um (laughs) so yeah i had big plans to be in the best shape of my life and come out learning italian and and, um (laughs) you know have five monologues taped and 10 songs ready to go um None of that happened. Uh, I gained 15 pounds, but but then I lost 25. Oh, hey, even better. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it looks like you lost. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I didn't have much going on. Also, unfortunately, I was in a uh, a Revel scooter accident in June. Oh, no. No. Hadn't left my house since March 13th. Was alone for a couple months. It was great. I had, was in the process of getting a kitten which I have now, he's the best. But my best friend was doing a show in Florida. It was canceled due to to COVID. He went home to Michigan for a little bit. And then actually he opened a restaurant in the pandemic from scratch, opened a restaurant on 61st and 2nd, but he needed a place to stay. So he you know, came to my place and we were together for I think three weeks. He was looking for an apartment in Brooklyn. So we went out to Brooklyn to see the place. He's like, come on, just see it with me. You know, like everyone's wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. But uh, long story short, we got there. We had dinner outside for the first time. It was awesome. And then the trains were shut down. So uh, we decided to take a Rebel scooter home and uh, we were making a left turn on a slight curve. He was driving and he said, it won't turn. It won't turn. It won't turn. Steering wheel or steering uh, column locked up on him. And we unfortunately hit a parked car. Hey. Oh, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no. So I, I landed on my shoulder and, and that put a damper on, you know, on everything that was going on even more so. So that, that kind of sucked. You know, that was the, that was the highlight of my pandemic was was being in a stupid accident. But you're OK now, like you're I'm OK. Physically- yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, doing physical therapy and doing all that kind of stuff on my shoulder. But, you know, at least my eye scar healed. You know, when, when the nurse was looking at it, I told her, I said, I'll never be a model ever, will I? And she, <laughs> she laughed, which made me feel great. <laughs> Just gives you more character. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Because I could never play an evil guy before, but now I can. I totally understand what you mean about the long list of like, uh, songs you were going to learn and all that. I had the same. I made myself a list at the start of like things I wanted to accomplish that were really practical and then other things like that, like learn learn some new monologues. And I have yet to do that, which I can't believe, but I just keep putting it off. Have you found that you've discovered maybe new hobbies or new mm-hmm. um, passions or new causes that you, or, or even new facets of your personality 
during all of this that you didn't know was there, that you've had to draw upon, that you've had to adapt to? Yes, actually, I can speak to myself. Um, so I've always had like this kind of mild interest in magic and sleight of hand and card tricks and things like that. So I was alone for a long time. Um, I'm not good at anything <laughs> yet, but uh, you know, I got the Penn and Teller masterclass and a couple books on doing those types of types of different things because you know anything you can add to your resume as an actor, um, I think helps. Neil Patrick Harris, for instance, is a big mm-hmm. sleight of hand magic guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then not to talk too long, but it also, I think this pandemic has really recentered and refocused me where admittedly I wasn't going to every audition that I should have been going to, or I was actually very good at talking myself out of auditions and saying, oh no, they don't, they're looking for somebody else. They're not looking for me. It's, it's this, it's that. And then you realize that after seven months of no theater and no auditions, you want to get back in the room for anybody to listen to you and, and to get that opportunity again. So you know, when Broadway and, and when theater comes back, which we know it will because people, it's in their hearts and it's, it's, it's in their souls. So you can't just say, you know, after seven months, Broadway's dead or New York is dead. But I think after, you know, things start up again, uh, I'm going to hit it real hard. Good. Nice. You know, that's great. Yeah. We, Gip said you, you learned how to do floors. So we know. Yes. You know, we know you learned a new, a new very useful skill. <laughs> I've already got. I think I'm going to open a business called uh, Gips uh, Flooring and Whoring. I think it's going to be. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little pastry, a little pastry stop up front too. I think it's going to be huge. What comes first, the flooring? <laughs> Or the whoring. <laughs> Whatever you want. Look, I think you got to get the floor nice before you can do the whoring. But okay, I, nice. look, I, I'm really good at, at uh, laying down hardwood floors. Oh, yep. emphasis on hardwood. Banging all day, banging all night. <laughs> also, on a serious note, I um, I took a lot of. I've, I've done a little writing, but I also have taken a lot of like really long walks. And I don't. I'm sure for you guys too, having that time to yourself has really been great. It's for me, it's really made me realize all the things that I've taken for granted in life. And so like you said, Chris, I'm ready for us to be back again and just not to take those things for granted and to, you know, like you said, hit it hard, get out there and you know, we only have this one life, live it because we all are guilty of, I think, taking a lot of things for granted. And so I've enjoyed those long walks with just myself. So it's been, it's been great kind of like self-help. Yeah, absolutely. And I have become a bigger alcoholic than I've ever been. So as <laughs> an achievement too. Well, I was going to say, what are you doing? Because these are all very positive ways to use your time. But of course, there's times where just this, the volume of this gets a little overwhelming. And I don't know if there's some kind of self-care regimen that you guys have, have gravitated towards. Gip has already told us that drinking is, is, is working really well for him. But I know like, and long that's walks. right, long walks and then dr- drinking during the long walks or just taking a long walk and then ending it with a lot of drinking? Yes, I'm a, resp- <laughs> I'm a responsible drinker, Sean. I drink after my walk. I've been walking a lot too. I never used to walk for exercise because we walked so much and we certainly, I walked miles and miles every shift at Orso. But uh, yeah, I... Uh, was drinking as well um, and having a cocktail every night and then wine and you know it's like oh my gosh I need to start moving around a little bit so I've started there's an open street part of the open streets program um, on 34th Avenue and it's basically I do like a three mile loop every morning and it's been amazing wow I never thought I would 
walk for exercise. And that area that you live in is gorgeous. It, it's just it's, it's, really it's nice beautiful, area. old buildings, it's lots of so trees, nice. parks, you know, and very residential. And it's just it's lovely in that open street. Where is that? Just so that we can, because I'm not. It's in Jackson Heights, Queens, and this is a this is a an avenue called 34th Avenue, and it's been closed since April closed to local traffic from eight in the morning to eight at night from 69th street all the way to junction junction is basically like 95th mm-hmm. and in fact i just attended a rally and slash march on saturday in my neighborhood to keep it open permanently and so That's there's a, a big move for that yeah it's awesome it really like transformed my pandemic experience in a positive way Chris, I have to ask you this real quick, because I've started having nightmares of not being able to work the cash register. Did it all come back to you pretty well? Yes, 100%. It's just like riding a bike. Okay, good, because I've had some nightmares lately. Yep, no, you're going to be totally fine. And it actually, it feels, it, it you feel like you're home. You know okay. what I mean? You start, right. stirring a, start stirring a drink, start shaking a cocktail. Yeah, in fact, I got a little cocky, and I was just like, oh, this is so easy, you know, and then we got a little busy, and it was like, you know, <laughs> jumping over and back over the bar, because it's only KC and I, when, when we work together, um, we're keeping teams always together, so KC and I are the only two that work oh, with nice. each other. That's oh, that's smart. Very, yeah. That's very smart and safe, and that way, if someone is not well, then it's isolated. Exactly. You're not swapping around, yeah. I had a nightmare this morning that I, um, you know, not an actor's nightmare, but a waiter's nightmare that I was working at Joe Allen. I think it's because I knew I was talking to you guys today uh-huh. and I didn't know any of the table numbers and like a party of eight was coming in. No one was wearing a mask. I mean, it was stressful. Ooh. And for those of you who've yeah. never worked in a restaurant, that that is the typical waiter nightmare. Every waiter, every oh, server, yep. every bartender has that same dream over and over and you over again. You don't know the menu. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yep. it's terrible. You wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, I forgot to bring table six another coffee. Oh, God. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I used to have a dream in a loop that I couldn't get to a coffee pot. And I would like wake up and fall asleep and have the not being able to get to the coffee dream last for like four hours. It was like oh. a loop where I would just be like, you know, you're in this state of unrest because you just can't get to the other side of the room to get this one thing. Yeah. Oh my. That's an entire lunch shift. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, which would have been over. I mean, it, it couldn't have really taken a look, but it was a whole night, a whole early morning's worth of anxiety. Uh, we were talking about um, how we wound up all of us at Joe Allen and Orso and Bar Charlie. So can you guys tell the listeners how you found your way there? You know, for instance, I knew someone, Veronica, who worked there. That was similar. That was similar to me. I had only waited tables at one other restaurant before and I, um, a corporate restaurant that will not be named. Chez um, <laughs> Chevy. Perhaps. <laughs> Can I interest um, you in some delicious guacamole? Yeah, let's just say Tex-Mex Times Square and you can get the uh, picture. But um, I knew um, Chris Wisner, who we've always called the mayor of, well, he's also, he was the mayor of Orso and then the axe because people would do their last trail with him and he'd be like, yay or nay. Um, but he was how I got into Orso. I was uh, friends with Jamie Allen, and Jamie Allen actually got me to go uh, interview with Kevin Albert. And I worked at Orso for a year, around like I think 2010 ish. Yes, I remember. Cumberland was my favorite manager. I mean, Sean was my favorite manager. <laughs> who? Who was your <laughs> How dare you? Kick I, him off. <laughs> Gip and I spent many, many a Tuesday night. Tuesday door. You know, up in front at Orso 
in the thick of it together. We we had some deep deep bonding. Yes, <laughs> I was there for a year, and then I actually uh, Kevin Albert asked me to work his and Nicola's wedding. Uh, then I was working a horrible job uh, because Sandy had taken out the restaurant that I worked at on the seaport. So Cheryl Orsini was there and she's like, you need to go interview at Bar Centrale. Mm -hmm. They're looking for somebody. And I remember saying, oh, Cheryl, I don't know. I don't think Mary and I would get along. She scares me. And um, she said, no, y'all will be best buds. And so I went and interviewed and sure enough, Mary and I are best buds. So, and I've been there seven years now. She really does like you a lot. And I remember trying to convince her. <laughs> you don't know why. This is a terrible idea. I, I, you, don't, you don't need him. You say that with such surprise. <laughs> Chris? What about you, Chris? I was working at Ruby Tuesday with Rich Moyle, and I was fortunate enough to book a theater works tour. So I went on tour for six months. And when I came back, Rich was already working at Joellen because he was best friends with Kevin Skinner. It's such, it's always a chain, right? I came back and I was talking to him and I said, oh, you know, I'm going to go back to Ruby Tuesday. He said, no, 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 no. Don't go back there. I work at Joe Allen. It's like totally up your alley. It's a Broadway place. They'll love you. You know, we need people right now. Funny enough, I was hanging with my friend Elise DeLuca. Shrimpy. Elise Demeray, <laughs> uh, because I'm good friends with her husband from back in Michigan. So we were at uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse. And I told her, you know, just in passing, oh, yeah, I have this um, job interview at Joe Allen's Steakhouse. And she's like, first of all, I work there. Uh, second of all, it's not a steakhouse. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, okay. That's good to know before my interview. So I went in knowing Elise from one part of my life and Rich from another part of my life. The rest is an eight-year history. You were in, kid. You were in. Exactly. Right. I just want to see how how many years of collective experience we oh, have. Because uh, it's going to be a lot. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, sure. Touch on how long. Oh, 16. 16 years. Chris, you said eight? Eight. So Joe that's Allen. 24. Kip, you have seven and one. Yep. Uh, so we're up to 32. Sean? 21. So we're up to 53. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> 17 with a brief hiatus in the middle 68 <laughs> i yeah. could have done that too but no 68 <laughs> and i'm probably uh around 23 so that makes it like 91 years one 91 oh, years wow. of collective one experience year. at this place holy we're actually older than joe allen himself yes we are wow. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> Oh, that's, that's awesome. Great. That's so awesome. <laughs> and wow. you're so good at mental math because we had to do it with our handwritten exactly. checks all the time. And the, the tax on $91, I think, would be about $8.35. <laughs> that's just a guess. Oh, yes. Wow. Uh, so uh, why, why do you think we've all stayed there for so long, especially since restaurants are so transitory? It's such turnover. But that doesn't happen so much in these places it's the kitchen guys are you know mm -hmm. there's a core there that's been there as long as we have you know if mm -hmm. not longer so uh yeah well i feel like bartolo and bartolo might be 30 yeah. years wow yeah uh, and and that nancy, nancy is well Na nancy she came the with the mid place. 80s yeah nancy yeah. actually yeah. was one of the construction workers when they were <laughs> breaking yeah. ground. No, um, Nancy was 35 years. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a long thing. Yeah, exactly. We've all been around yeah. for a You know, we're time. truly, I feel like we're truly a family there, not just each individual restaurant collectively all together, because when we're all there and setting up on a normal basis, we 
hey, Tessa, how are you doing? Uh, you know, hey, I mean, in passing, but we all know what's going on in each other's lives. We all have each other's back. We support each other with anything else that's going on. And it really is truly a family. It's a great feeling. You don't get that a lot of places. And because we share common, we we share um, a space. Like we share, we we aren't in each other's spaces, but we pass through space and we see each other. And we see each other on the street. We see each other at meals. We see each other in a a way that's like really intimate. And four of you have actually worked at more than one Mm -hmm. spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's fun about this interview is I've legitimately worked with every single one of you as a server, bartender, at some point, or a manager at Orso and Joe Allen. I took a brief few weeks at Bar Centrale when they first opened to help out, but I've worked with every single one of you, and I love that. Yes, me too. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, but why, why, why the longevity? I mean, was is it because you know it's it's not a corporate restaurant or is it the patrons that come in there they seem friendlier or or what do you think it is we definitely have loyal loyal regulars which really helps make because serving can be you know really challenging and um but having loyal regulars definitely makes a huge huge difference yeah they i mean you know we have a lot that just really brighten our our evening you know they come in and it makes you happy and the same though with who we work with i mean Mm -hmm. we a lot of times even when I worked at Orso too, we would, you know, we go out after work and just talk about the night or talk about what's going on in life. We actually like to be around each other. And I, I think you're right, Jason, too. It's not that corporate feel. I mean, it's just a happy environment. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's become my New York second home. I I mean, even more than my apartment almost, I feel like I feel comfortable there. And also, I want to say thank you to all of our regulars who donated in our GoFundMe because that was huge. And and you know, what kind of place has that where regulars who had the means donated to us and, and just helped us in such a, a big way. And it, I think the word is legacy because for the number of us who really respect what that place has been before us, you know, and hopefully after us, I, I don't think we'll be the last crew, you know, even though we might work there for another 50 years or whatever, but, um, collectively, you know, collectively. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, it, it's when you walk into those, that place, there's so many stories as we've heard from the first, I've listened to the first two, the third one, uh, dropped the day that we're recording, but, um, it means something to everybody who comes in, whether it's their first time or they've been coming in every night after every Broadway show, you feel that energy. And I've had bartender friends try to Coach me and take me to other places, and and uh, no, Joe Island is my home, and that's that's where I want to be. You know, if I'm not doing a show, if I have to work in a restaurant, mm-hmm. I want to, I want, I want it to be Joe Island. There's nowhere else I want to work. Yeah, yeah. Great. I think we all, well, I know the three of us agree Absolutely. on that with you guys. Yeah. Do you all have a favorite like moment, memory, something that's really special to you? I mean, obviously, we've talked about the community that's created among the staff and the customers. Do you personally have a moment where you're like, this sort of defines exactly why I'm here or why I stay? I have two two kind of stories that I think exemplify that. One being, I mean, I know in every episode, I think you've mentioned the Joeys, right? So mm-hmm. first yeah. mention of the Joeys. Um <laughs> receiving a Joey Award presented by Terrence McNally. It was amazing. You know what I mean? Tom yeah. Cordy and Terrence McNally presenting me with a Joey Award. A goofy little award show that we do and, and rest in peace, Mr. McNally now. But 
having those moments sitting around watching all of us in our fancy outfits singing and dancing for each other making goofy jokes and it was a silly award show that became the talk of every shift you know so i think even that little little bit brought us uh, super close together as well and then another one it was waiting on bill nye the science guy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah he robert picardo was sitting at a table and we knew bill nye was coming in so bill sat at his table he was it was me and he was kind of in a hurry and and he wanted to order really quick and he was like oh i'll do a hendrix martini and i'll do that calves liver and robert picardo was like wait 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 wait, bill let him get the martini we'll talk about the food and and, you know we'll we'll decide when when i come back when he comes back what's your name i said chris right so brought in the martinis over bill goes oh okay well i'm gonna do the chicken and i said oh not the liver and he goes, no, no, no. Uh, Bob talked me out of the out of the liver. He said he he doesn't like it. He won't share it with me. And I said, all right. Well, if this is your first time and you like liver, get the liver. I promise you, you're gonna love it. And he goes, you know, I always say you re- you regret 100% of the the shots you don't take. So he's like, I'm gonna trust you. Brought him the liver. Bob had a burger or something like that. I brought it over and checked on them after after they had eaten a couple bites. And Bill said, thank you so much. I'm so glad I did this. Picardo was like, thank you for making us order it. It's, it's amazing. Then dessert came. They said, you choose whatever you want. you know. And I said, <laughs> okay, banana cream pie, obviously. Brought over banana cream pie. And I had noticed that Bill was just doodling on the table paper. And I noticed it was a bicycle. So Bill Nye, the science guy, was drawing a simple machine on the table paper, right? So I was like, Nobody touched that. That's mine. (laughs) (laughs) And on their way out, Bill said to me, hey, Chris, I left something on the table for you. So next to his bicycle, he wrote, nutrition is science. And he signed it, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Perfect. (laughs) And I have it hanging in my room. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a wonderful story. Oh, wow. (laughs) And it really almost couldn't have happened anywhere else, which is why we're asking. So, So, Tessa. Yeah. Do you have a story where it's sort of like you had a moment where you're like, I sort of can't believe what it's like to work here. Yeah. Um, I was waiting on this is a number of years ago um, for during pre-theater. I waited on this man came in. He was wearing a trench coat, gray hair. And I looked at him and I realized, oh, my gosh, it's it's Donald Sutherland. And he was going to see his son, Kiefer Sutherland, in a show. I forget the name, what he was doing on Broadway. So it was pretty exciting. Then post-theater, I'm in the same station, Donald Sutherland was waiting for his son, sitting on 13, which is that little corner table. And next to him was uh, Joel Gray. Joel Gray's asking me about the grilled asparagus. So I'm telling him, oh yeah, it's just grilled. It just has a little salt, a little olive oil, very simple. And Joel Gray was like, well, I really kind of was in the mood for cold asparagus. Do Do you guys have that? And I said, well, no, it's only served this one way. And without missing a beat, Donald Sutherland leans over and tells Joel Gray to order the asparagus and let it sit. (laughs) (laughs) And so then Joel Gray, without missing a beat, looks up at me and he said, I'll have the asparagus. Amazing. (laughs) And I think that, yeah, could only happen at one of those three restaurants. Dana and I have a key for Sutherland story. I don't yeah. know. I don't we know. do, and I'm not sharing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, might yeah. be the same one. <laughs> Along with um, the fact that Joe eats in Bar Centrale every night, so I've had the pleasure of 
serving him at the bar all those years and hearing all his stories, which is amazing. Just to, when you get Joe started on some stories, I mean, it's just to, to have that life and to, you know, to have built this place that he has that everybody loves so much. But I guess my, my favorite story uh, other than that is uh, one night Mary comes to the bar and she says, Gip, Robert De Niro just sat down and I told him how good your margaritas are. Make a margarita. I was like, ah! <laughs> no pressure. Make the margaritas. Didn't hear anything, but he comes up to the bar when he leaves without saying a word and just gives me a thumbs up. And I was like, yes, I got the thumbs up from Robert De Niro on uh, Margarita. So that was pretty cool. That's uh, high praise. High praise indeed. This has been great. It's been great to talk to everybody. And, and it's been great catching up. And it sounds like you guys are feeling good and positive and healthy. There's a lot of stuff to derail us and make us feel like, God, what are we going to do? But it sounds like... You guys are, are handling it, weathering it well. So um, we're happy to hear it. I'm happy to hear it. Thank you. And thank you for, yeah, thank for doing you. this podcast. That yes, was a wonderful. great idea. And I wish you the most success with it. Cause... Thank you. But we're not done. We're not done. <laughs> no, no, no. Talk about creative outlets. What a great, great idea. Well, it was Dana's idea. Dana came up with the idea. Well, you know, I th- we've said this before. You guys just illustrated perfectly why we wanted to do this. You know, just talking about why you stay at this job, why you come back after a show, like how this is a family and how we really wanted to connect. It's a community in, in so many ways. And so we're, that's why we wanted to do this. And it's amazing to see all of your faces. I know the listeners can't see your faces, but we can. So we keep saying that it's not fair to them. We're going to put pictures right? of your face. <laughs> when we post this, we're going to put pictures of your faces up on yes. the website. So everyone there can you see go. who you are. With, with masks. I, should we mention <laughs> that what we said before, Dana, about if anybody, I mean, I know That's we're not, say, we're yeah. all not working except for Chris and Jason who are working, but not full time, but they're working. We're all, you know. In a position where obviously we've taken major cuts financially and we're not working and it's not the same situation. So we just wanted to put the word out there that if we have anyone listening and you're looking for amazing people who are great multitaskers and who are talented and personable and, and you know, willing to work and work hard, you can reach out to us. You can reach out to us on the uh, Facebook page. You can reach out to us on the website. And we'd love to connect you because we've got... Uh, are great friends. We'd love to see, see what we can do. We can make a connection like Chuck Woolery. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So if, if you've been listening, you know that we like to end everything with our last call questionnaire. It's a Proust questionnaire and, you know, adapted. Proust questionnaire <laughs> for Tessa. It's a Proust questionnaire. That is ridiculous. We know how much Tessa, Tessa likes to read Proust at the bar at Orso. Let me reopen. No, stop. Don't listen. anyone listen to this. this it's is the Sean's Proust questionnaire. It's thing. a Proust questionnaire. It's adapted by Bernard Pivot for the seminal talk show Bouillon de Couture in Apostrophe. Oh. Readapted for James Lipton's Inside the Actor's Studio and re-readapted by us for you today <laughs> oh my gosh we're gonna ask you guys questions you know first thing that comes comes to mind i'm sure you've all watched the actor's studio at least one time in your life mm-hmm. um chris what's your favorite drink to make at joe allen Ooh, my favorite drink to make is the one that i put in front of the guests they take a first sip and then they go oh that's good i don't care what drink it is but as long as they're happy i'll shake a manhattan i'll do whatever you want me to do as long as it's the way that you want it my shameless bartender plug is I love to make the rosebud, which is a cocktail I came up with uh, <laughs> behind the bar. What's in that? Um, I use uh, Jameson, Aperol, Amaro Montenegro, and lemon juice. Ooh, Ooh. I want one. 
yeah, it's delicious. Shaken up with a grapefruit twist. Mm. Um, but I also, our Cosmos are, are pretty banging too. So I give you three cocktails there. <laughs> that kind of sounds like a paper plane, no? Doesn't a paper plane have those? It's very similar to paper plane. It's uh, different proportions and I use um, the specific ingredients. Tessa, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Other than my own as, as a waiter? Actress. <laughs> no, actress. <laughs> Tessa, Tessa Zugmeyer, the actress. Oh, gosh. I've been asking myself that question mm. most days during this time. I wish that I had the skills to be a writer. Yeah. I would love to be able to do something creative that, you know, like being a painter or a writer that I could do on my own, even though I love collaborative art, clearly, as, you know, someone who loves the theater and to be able to be that creative, but on my own would be amazing. Gip, what, which crowd is your favorite, pre-theater or post-theater? Post-theater. Why? That energy after they've seen the show and they're really ready just to cut loose. Everybody's a little bit tense pre-theater. They're scared they're going to, you know, be a little bit late, yada, yada. It's just that, you know, it, it's just that vibe. And it's good, too, because we've made it till the, to the end of the night. So for us, too, it's like we're all just ready to relax. <laughs> <laughs> Wine 30 is around the corner. Yes, definitely time to, you know, it's just that energy. It feels great. Totally. So this next question is for all three of you. What is your favorite curse word? I mean, that I don't want to ever say? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's the best one. Yeah. That's a bad one. Yeah, it's so bad. I mean, I don't use like that. I save that for very specific. Well, we'll bleep it out. We'll bleep it out. But everyone knows what she said. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. So bad. Chris? Uh, I like uh, dick face. Mm. We might even mm. leave that in. I think we could probably leave that in. In Italian, it's faccia di cazzo. Right? Yes. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Faccia di cazzo is dick face. So. Taught to me as by my nano, my grandfather. Mine, mine is actually just an add-on of Tessa's. I like control. I, if I'm mad, I, I love to just exclaim control. I thought you were going to say face. Yeah. I thought it was going to be the marriage of the two. Ah. Specifically control. Uh. <laughs> and is that a thing? A, a, a control? Is that a, a, a... You know, it's his way of cleaning it up so people don't stop him on the street and say, why are you yelling that word out to us? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that after four margaritas, I've seen a control. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay again to all three of you what is the your favorite live performance that just floored you oh my gosh so many yeah i'll say fiona shaw and medea mm. one of my favorite moments in the theater pretty much ever was seeing rock of ages with my best friend tony for the first time when that show started uh i know it's not a classic broadway or anything like that but it's definitely my type of show when it started and Joel Hoekstra was ripping on the guitar with the wind in his face. And then my buddy, Mitch Jarvis, who I didn't know at the time, and now he's a good buddy of mine, came out as Lonnie. Uh, we were literally elbowing each other the entire time. Just, it was awesome. It rocked. It was so good. Chris, you got to actually do that show, right? I did. Yeah, I actually got to play Lonnie up at the Forestburg Playhouse uh, in 2016. How was that? Um, which was, it was awesome. During during the whole rehearsal process, our director, Robin, she's like, we're not doing the Broadway show, so make it your own. Do your own things. And with Rock of Ages, you really can. You know what I mean? You're living in this framework. You know, I didn't do a Mitch Jarvis impression or a Jack Black impression. Mm -hmm. I tried to bring my own Lonnie there. I would love to do it again. 
and yeah, it was awesome. I bet you it there was... were two guys in the audience that were elbowing each other the entire time you were <laughs> exactly. up there. Exactly. You had the right? same effect. Absolutely. Chris, is there somewhere online that people can hear you sing? Because I think you're just, I, I think you're amazing. I think what you oh, can pull off. So much. Oh my no, God, I, 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 so I, much. every time I see you do it, I just, I'm, there, there's so many talented people that we work with. Yeah, you could easily cast a show from it and be totally mm-hmm. high caliber. And I think Chris, you're yeah. right up there. I mean, it's just oh my god. Uh, so, is there some place people can hear you sing? Actually, yeah. So um, when I became Equity, I took my mother's maiden name, which is Persichetti. So I went from a hard last name to a harder last name. <laughs> But I wanted to honor my grandparents on my on my mother's side, and and when I told them that I was taking that name, they were so happy. They told all of our cousins in, in Italy and in Canada. But yeah, so if you go to either uh, ChristopherPersichetti.com, it's uh, P-E-R-S-I-C-H-E-T-T-I, or I think you can search Chris Persichetti or Chris Rosansky on YouTube, and and some things will pop up uh, on there. Right. Have you and Dana ever had the chance to sing together? We've never sung together. Not oh my not, gosh. With you, not together for the Joey Awards. Yeah, we say, both sang at the Joey Awards, but not together. But I think that we should. We're going to yeah. end this episode with a duet of Total Eclipse of the Heart by the two of them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they don't know it, but uh, we're going to have a seventh person come up with a guitar. It's going to be great. That'd be amazing. Gip? <laughs> Gippers. Oh, I, I don't know if I have a, a favorite show, but I will tell you my favorite experience. When I Back when I knew that I wanted, when I was trying to be an actor, I. I'm not actively trying anymore. Speaking of, I think I should get a place on the flop wall because I was, I was, <laughs> I was closed before I even, even ever got to open. So I'm going to petition for a spot on the flop wall. We haven't had, we haven't made it a policy to put headshots next to the posters. Can I please be the first? <laughs> and I'll be right there with you, dude. <laughs> but no, my first uh, experience coming to New York, my parents let me, I was, 20 and I wasn't doing well in school and they said well you know we'll fly you to New York for your first time and just go see shows and a friend knew one of the uh, dancers and Crazy Few was playing at the time but I remember staying at the Sheraton first time in New York that was back when people dressed up that's I'm that old I wore my full suit and saw as many shows as I could that weekend and just being in New York and seeing those shows and feeling that vibe it was amazing and I knew that I wanted to to be in New York. And that's another reason that I like where we work because I'm, I'm still around it and that energy is just incredible. So uh, this is another one for all three of you. What is your favorite dish at Joe Allen, either past or present? I know not all of you have worked at Joe Allen, but you've all gotten to eat the food at Joe Allen. Ooh, um, and mine is probably the most basic. I love uh, steak and French fries is probably my favorite. Um, also our tartare. Mm, yes. Our tar tartar is pretty unmatched, especially now. I hear, especially now that he's doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I hear it's an even the reopening. It's an even more delicious preparation. Yeah. Speaking of Chef Victor, is doing really great things with the menu right now. It's a lot of the classics, but a lot of new stuff. How about you, Gip? I'm gonna. I'm definitely going with the banana cream pie. That's a meal for me. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Yep. And Tessa. Tessa? Um, I would do uh, La Scala with a side of fries. And blue mm. cheese dressing. Yes. Yum. That is masterful. Yes. You all yes. got the right yep. you all got the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, pick one word to describe how you feel about working for Joe Allen. Community. Honored. I would say legacy. All right. 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys thank you so, so much. much for being thank here. Thank y'all. And I have to tell the listeners that like this is actually what it's like at work when we're like hiding in the corners, exactly. laughing with each other. This is this is real. We didn't put this on. This is why we never leave. <laughs> when do we start recording? <laughs> exactly. Oh wait. Oh, I didn't hit the button. Yeah, right. Oh, exactly. Man. Stay on, or we're gonna do this again. <laughs> probably have a lot to talk about yeah we like to end our episodes with a little toast so if you'd all please raise your glasses let's raise a glass let's raise our glass to good friends great nights at the theater and cocktails at table seven cheers you guys cheers. Cheers. thanks for coming to good to see you miss you guys miss you too miss you Cocktails at Table 7 is produced by Jason Woodruff, Dana Mirlock, and Sean Kent, with theme music by James Rubio and logo design and artwork by Christina D'Angelo. Special thanks to the owners of Joe Allen, Orso, and Bar Centrale Restaurants.